Shalom, this is Rabbi Ben Newman. I'm reading today for days 706 and 707 of my daily Zohar reading, which corresponds to pages, uh, part two of the Zohar, pages 141b and 142a. Uh, hopefully uh, be able to get back to the Aramaic soon. Um, just a little busy right now these days. So... Uh, this also corresponds to page 297 of the Pritzker edition Zohar, volume 5, translated by Professor Daniel Matt. <clears throat> I'm going to just jump right in. I'm starting about a sentence before the end of 141a, where I left off in the last reading. As for bodies of the righteous that enjoy no delights in this world except delights of mitzvah and meals of Sabbath festivals and holidays, that impure spirit cannot dominate them, for they have derived no delight from it at all. Since they obtained nothing from it, it has no power over them whatsoever. Happy is one who derives no pleasure from it at all. One whose soul departs outside the Holy Land and whose body has been defiled by the spirit of impurity, that spirit of impurity remains absorbed within him until he decomposes in the dust. And if that body which is saturated by the impure spirit is brought up to the Holy Land for burial, of it is written, Who came and defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination, Jeremiah 2.7, my land over which the spirit of impurity has no power, with that body of yours saturated by the spirit of impurity and being brought for burial in my land, you defile it, rendering it defiled, were it not that the Blessed Holy One fashions a remedy for the land. For as soon as that body has decomposed, the Blessed Holy One blows a spirit and dispels it, for he has no compassion, for he has compassion on his land. As for Joseph, the spirit of impurity never dominated his body, even though his soul departed in a foreign land. Why? foreign domain. Why? Because during his life he was not seduced by the spirit of impurity. Even so, he did not want his body to be brought up to the Holy Land for burial, but rather said, you shall take my bones, take up my bones, Genesis fifty twenty five, not my body. Jacob did not die, and his body endured intact permanently. He did not fear the other side, since his bed was complete through perfection of supernal light, through consummation of twelve tribes and seventy souls. Consequently, he did not fear the other side, and it had no power over him. Furthermore, he is the body of the supernal image, whose beauty embraces all sides, and all the limbs of Adam were joined to him. Therefore of him is written, I will lie down with my fathers, and you will carry me from Egypt. Genesis 47.30, the whole body. Consequently, the physicians embalmed Israel, Genesis 52, so that his body would remain intact, and this was how it should have been. As for other inhabitants of the world whose souls depart in the Holy Land, soul and body are saved from all. The soul of a human is called by three names, Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. All are comprised within one another, while their power appears in three places, Nefesh appears in the grave while the body decomposes in the dust, and she revolves in this world to be present among the living and to perceive their suffering. When they are in need, she pleads for mercy. Ruach enters the earthly garden, where she is formed into an image of the body of this world. In a certain garment that she dons there, she revels there in pleasures and delights of the radiance of the garden. And on Sabbaths, new moons, and festivals, she ascends above, delighting there, and returns to her place. Of this is written, the Ruach will return to Elohim who gave it. Ecclesiastes 12.7 will return precisely 
at these times that we have mentioned. Neshama ascends immediately to her place, to the place from where she issued. Through her lamp, through her the lamp is kindled, shining above. This one never descends below. Through this, through this is encompassed the one who is encompassed from all sides above and below. Until this ascends to be linked with her place, Ruach is not crowned in the earthly garden, and Nefesh does not settle in her place. As soon as this ascends, all of them attain tranquility. When inhabitants of the world are in need, when in their suffering they go to the cemetery, this Nefesh arouses and she goes flying and arouses Ruach, and that Ruach arouses the patriarchs and ascends and arouses Neshama. Then the Blessed Holy One has compassion on the world as we have established. Although these matters of the soul have been aroused in other aspects, they are all evenly balanced. This is lucidity of the matter, and all is one. When Nishama is hindered from ascending to her place, Ruach goes and stands by the entrance of the Garden of Eden, but the entrance is not open for her, now page 142a, and she goes roaming about unnoticed by anyone. Nefesh goes roaming through the world, sees the body breeding worms and enduring the punishment of the grave, and she mourns over it as they have established, for it is written, Surely his flesh feels pain for him, and his soul mourns for him. Job 14.22 All suffer punishment until Neshama is bound in her place, then all are bound in their places, for all these form a single bond corresponding to the pattern above in the mystery of Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. All is one, one bond. Nefesh has no light of her own at all. This is the one who shares in the mystery of a certain body, delighting and nourishing it with all that it needs. As is written, she provides food for her house and a portion for her maidens. Proverbs 31.15 Her house is that body which she nourishes. Her maidens are those limbs of the body. All of them. Ruach is the one who rides on this nefesh, controlling her, illumining her with all that she needs. And nefesh is a throne for this Ruach. The Shema is the one who generates the, this Rucha, controlling him, illumining him with the light of life. And that Ruach depends upon this Neshama and is illumined by her radiant light. That Nefesh depends upon this Ruach and is illumined and nourished by him and all is one bond. Until this supernal Neshama ascends into the flow of ancient of ancients, concealed of all concealed, and is filled by it. Since it is ceaseless, this Ruach does not enter the Garden of Eden, which is Nefesh. Eternally, Ruach rests only in the Garden of Eden and Neshama above, and this Nefesh does not settle in her place within the body below. Similarly, all below separates thus in a human, although they all form one bond. Nishama ascends above into the flow of the well. Ruach enters the Garden of Eden, corresponding to the supernal pattern. Nefesh settles in the grave. Now you might ask, Nefesh above, settling within the body in the grave, where is the grave? Well, in that hard shell, thus Nefesh correspondingly below, all corresponding to one another. So three rungs diverge, being one bond and one mystery. As long as the bones exist in the grave, this nefesh remains there. A mystery here for those who know the way of truth, who fear sin. When Nishmata is adorned above in a holy crown, and Ruach stands in supernal radiance on Sabbaths, new moons, and festivals, then this nefesh, when Ruach descends from supernal radiance to the dwelling of the Garden of Eden, shining and sparkling, rises within the grave and materializes in the image that she originally assumed in the body. All those bones in that image emit praise and glorify the Blessed Holy One, as is written, All my bones will say, Yudei Vavhe, who is like you. Psalm 35.10 It is not written say, but rather will say. 
If the eye were permitted to see, it would see. On the night that Sabbath departs, and on the nights of new moons and festivals, the likeness of images above, graves glorifying and praising the Blessed Holy One. But the foolishness of human hinders them, humans hinders them, for they neither know nor consider the foundation of their existence in this world, nor do they care to be aware of the glory of the supernal king in this world, and certainly not to consider the glory of that world, and its foundation, and how things are elucidated. On the night of Rosh Hashanah, when the world is judged and thrones of judgment stand for the supernal king to judge the world, every single nefesh flies and pleads for mercy for the living. On the night when this day of judgment departs, they go flying to hear and know the verdict that has been pronounced for the world. Sometimes they inform the living in a vision, as is said in a dream, a vision of night, when deep sleep falls upon humans, he then uncovers human ears, Uvemosaram yachtom, and seals their warning. Job thirty-three fifteen to sixteen. What is Mosaram, Nefesh, who stands, vechatem, and seals worlds words for humans, so that they will accept Musar, reproof, on the night when decrees issue from the royal palace, and that shadow is removed from those due to be withdrawn from this world. And Nefesh, that we have mentioned, goes roaming. That's it for today's reading. Take care.